This is an ABC podcast. This podcast contains offensive language and other cool stuff. The following work is a gross abuse of copyright. copyright. Names, places and events have been unchanged. I've done this with the firm belief that a king's story is more important than the literary regulations I flaunt. Tottenham, Sao Paulo, 1991. This is Finding Drago. I'm Alexi Toliopoulos, and in the previous rounds of Finding Drago, it all began with an odd little book, Drago, On Mountains We Stand, an 87-page novella that humanised Ivan Drago, the villain from Rocky IV, written by the mysterious Australian author Todd Noy, who despite having what is said to have been an illustrious career, there is no evidence that he ever existed. All the clues Cameron James and I have uncovered lead to one man. David. Lex, Mm -hmm. how are you feeling? Nervous, actually. Nervous. Nervous, yeah. We're about to call David. Yeah. This is your second interview with him, my first. And I am, I'm freaked out. <laughs> You're freaked out. I'm freaked out. <laughs> you dragged me into this whole thing. Yeah. I don't know. We're all these mutual friends, they all belong to David. Mm-hmm. All these comments probably coming from David. Comments have been laid dormant on our little Facebook page for years. Goodreads review from years ago. I'm, I don't even know what's real anymore. Are you one of these fake people? <laughs> Am I? Is Bryce? (laughs) What do you want from this chat? What's the thing you want to get out of it? That's such a freaking scary thought to have at the top of this. What do we want from it? I think I want to know the truth. I I want David to be Todd Noy, really. That's exactly what I want. I think we're both in a similar spot. I definitely think it's David. You're pretty close to agreeing it's David. Yeah, I'm not a freaking stooge. Like, you know, I've been suspicious. <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, I'm uncomfortable saying yes without a confession. You want a confession. I think that's what I want. I think that's what I need. Well, that's what we're going to go for. We want to get a confession and I want to get a why. Yeah. I want to know why he's doing this. I'm in the ring with you. Yeah. I'm going to be in your corner. I'm going to be guiding you through this. Like Anna gave us some tips. Remember Mm -hmm. Anna's tips to us? She said, uh, next time we talk to David, we need to, first of all, ask him some guide questions that he'll definitely tell the truth to. guide questions. He'll definitely tell the truth to. The second one, flattery. Okay. We've got to flatter this guy. I'm great at that kind of shit. This kid's got it. (laughs) (laughs) Because we want him to take credit for noise work. We want him to feel Mm. so charged up from the flattery that we're giving him that he wants to admit to it. And the last tip she gave us is we've got to give it to him bluntly. Are you Todd Noy? We've got to go for it. Are you ready to make the call? Yeah. Ding, ding. Hello. Hello, is that David? David speaking. Oh my hey, gosh. Alexi, how's it going? Cameron's here as well. Hey, David. How are you going? Hi, Cam. Pleasure to meet you. Pleasure to meet you too. This is very exciting for me, David, because um, finally I'm meeting Alexi's other friend. So far, we've been calling you our Noi expert. How do you feel about that? Well, I think that's, you know, that's true. That's probably how I identify on 
as a as a vocation. I need to know a little bit more about uh, this community of people who are noi aficionados. I mean, we we in Australia, yeah. we're all alone here. Yeah, we're the, the only fans. two. So tell me more about this community. Well, I think there's a lot of Aussies in in the in the in the community. I think you're probably the um, definitely done a great body of research, and uh, perhaps you stand out in that regard. But in the UK, if I can say it humbly, in the in the community, I'm, you know, kind of a big deal. I've probably seen more pages of the Alabaster Wars than than anyone from independent research. And really, I mean, the one thing that links the community, I suppose, is that we we we, we have been served at some point by the Neue State that's managed to preserve the, the works that, that, that are seen. Well, I've got to be honest with you. I think I have a, a similar enough experience to you. I read uh, On Mountains We Stand First, and when I first saw the book, I kind of laughed at how thin it was and how many uh, chapters it had compared to the page count. Chapter dense. Yeah. Once I read it, I, I was kind of like, I couldn't stop reading it once I started. It was so propulsive. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I finally got my hands on Swarmer, I mean, I was like genuinely surprised. It kind of jumps off the page at you like a stray dog going for your neck. It's a really, <laughs> yeah, a really well-written book. It helped yeah. for us strengthen this kind of mystery around Todd Noy, this mythology around Todd Noy, because the book itself, it feels like an epic poem, yeah. but it also feels con- incredibly contemporary. Yeah, and it came as such a surprise to me when the estate announced there's another one because this is how it's happened over the years. My copy arrived. Um, it came in with with the with the noise seal on, which I just felt so honoured about. Uh, I'll be keeping it in my family for generations. And then uh, I actually opened the first, and the book actually even smelt like a stray dog. Um, there's a lot of depth in there. There's a lot of colour. It's hard for me to say that I prefer it to Drago because Drago was very important to me in my formative years in helping me to become a man. I've read On Mountains We Stand so many times, and mm. uh, you know I've, I'd describe it less of a book. Uh, as, as as more of a coping mechanism. Where did you grow up? I grew up in 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 a in Yorkshire, in in the north of England. Mm. I grew up in the same place that the movie Kez was about. What's your family history like, David? Do you have siblings? Was it a, a like a comfortable upbringing or working class? Uh, well, it was a work working class town. Yeah, comfortable upbringing. Two sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, two parents, you know, they were all right. They were hanging in there and they were rooting for me. Were you a creative kid? No, not so much. Not so much creative. Um, I think stunted would have been in very in every sense, physically and mentally. So you needed Ivan Drago to pull you up onto the mountain. I was pulled onto the mountain. Yeah, definitely. And 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 that's. You know, when I started speaking to people, that's asking, "Have you ever heard of this book?" And and lot, for for a time, no one had ever heard of it. And then, you know, I remember this is the first time I've seen a guy, and he's and not only has he got the book, he's got a T-shirt on. So I went up to him in the street. Well, where, where did you find this book? I've read it too. And he just looked and said, "Changed my life." And when did this start happening, David? Like, what year are you seeing people on the street wearing Drago T-shirts? Well, I think the first the first guy I saw, I would have been sort of just coming into my um, coming into my late teens. So when would this be in sort of late nineties? I sort of got a sense. Wait, wait a minute, and mainly on mountains we stand. Was, mm, there's no merch for March of the Noxman? No, I, I don't know much about this one. I've, it's it's one that's on my list to really get under the hood of. But um, 
there's 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 guys that they'll say they've read it cover to cover. Well, prove it. That's what I say. Who said you know, that they've read got, it cover to cover? Who are these people? Oh, you've got Swift in London. This guy is. There's guys that are like they're trying to use the fact that people have got the, these hopes and these passions in these great works, and they're trying to exploit it. So, like, Todd Noy talks about the, the Queen's Head pub in Piccadilly Circus in London and mentioned it maybe once in his book. Swift's making this rumour, like, oh, this is, this, is where, this is where Todd Noy used to come all the time, so he'd bought the pub, they've got a little plaque in there, and it just makes me sick. All right, I'm calling a timeout here. Cameron, that's the rivalry that I've been hearing from David, and I guess now they've been in contact with Robert Swift online from him as well. Well, I mean, if if he exists. I still think you've been talking to David under a fake name. Well, Swift did say that he wanted to chat. Mm-hmm. He was keen to chat on Skype. Mm-hmm. That's what we're about to do right now. And what do you think we're going to get? Because I think we're going to get a uh, Mrs. Doubtfire-style situation <laughs> where it is David in a wig and maybe he's dunked his face into a cake. <laughs> he picks up the phone, Hello! <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think we're going to get. Well, if it's it, that's the best moment in podcasting history. So <laughs> let's get on the line right now. Hello? Hello. This is Alexi speaking. Hi, Alexi. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Is this the elusive Mr. Swift? <laughs> it is Mr. Swift, yeah. I don't know about elusive. <laughs> I've been called elusive very often. Uh, great to finally talk to you, man. Cameron's also on the line. Hey, Swift. I'm Cameron. How are you going? Where about to you? Are you in London? Yeah, I'm in London. Just right in the centre of London, Piccadilly Circus. It's so cool to find out that your actual job, you're a publican, right? Have you always been a publican or is this something that you kind of fell into? Um, basically, just fell into it, really. I uh, I used to work in uh, online startups and I made a little bit of money doing all that sort of stuff. And then having read a few of the Noi books, I uh, came to this pub uh, which was mentioned in one of them and it was up for sale and I had a bit of spare cash in my back pocket. So I put a business plan together, got hmm. a few people to invest and here I am. Robert, I got to tell you, talking to you right now, I am honestly a little bit starstruck uh, because <laughs> when we started this journey, for me years ago, I started this journey into the curious literature of Todd Noy, as I believe you have yourself put it in the Goodreads review, which is the first thing I ever found. When you found that book, it was given to you by a vagrant of some kind that you assumed was Todd Noy. Well, I'd like to think it was Todd Noy. Finding out that you're a real person is probably the the craziest part of our journey so far. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Robert. We thought you were fake. What? Okay. We thought you weren't real. I'm so sorry, but... um. But I think it's because your name is too cool and, you're, yeah, and you it's have your the real name. name. <laughs> so first question I have for you is, what was Charla like? Was it nice? It was, uh, it was all right. So the reason I was there was during my year abroad... I was quite into foraging back then, so you probably heard okay. of like the, the foraging wonders of the world. One of them's in <laughs> near Chala in a place called Atiquipa. What do you forage that? in Atiquipa in in Peru? I'd presume. Yeah, it's got it's got a rare type of chive there, so it's one of the eight <laughs> wonders. So. Oh yep, yep. I'd yep. always wanted to have an omelette. 
featuring the chives. <laughs> featuring the chala chives. <laughs> yeah, the, the famous chala chives, well, of course. The attic whipper chives, but yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. So sorry. It was on my year out uh, from between school and university. So was, my next stop was chala. So I hitchhiked there and, you know, had a beer the first night. And then this guy comes up to me and he says, you look a little bit rough, mate. Maybe this'll, this'll be something that you could could make you feel better and handed me the book so and that's when you opened the book that's when i opened the book that's when my world changed you know you start reading it and then you just kind of like you're in the book you just propelled forward by it you just your your imagination is consumed by it and then you snap back into reality when you finished it and remember who you are and you think wow i've experienced something and you'd never heard of todd noy before this book was given to you no never Never heard of it at all. I mean, you know, once I found out all this community around it, you know, I understood why I'd not heard of it. Most Todd Noy fans like to sort of keep it sort of like their own little secret. A very secretive community. It seems like uh, Todd Noy's literature is distributed only by vagrants. <laughs> there is a strong vagrant element to the Todd Noy fan community. <laughs> I think it's a novel way to get the work out there, to have a secret a secret sect of vagrants giving the book out across the entire world. I don't know if I've ever said the word vagrant before, let alone five times in a conversation. There's vagrant that gave you the book. Can you describe him? Because if we think he is Todd Noy, this is the most solid lead that we have so far. Well, he was uh, quite wizened. So he, was, he had a full beard that was pretty unkempt. Didn't look like he'd shaved it for a while. Mm. He was pretty tanned, you know, wearing a, a Cubs cap. And he was really striking green eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked quite slim. It's a long time ago. It's like It was like about 1998. So 98 is when you discovered the book. Yes. So you've been on this journey for so long. Yes, definitely, yeah. How is the Queen's head related to Todd Noy? He mentioned it in a book, you said. Yeah, so uh, one of the other books that Todd Noy wrote was called Swarmer. Mm, we've read Swarmer. Yeah, so in the in the book Swarmer, he mentions the Queen's head. Mm. So he used to apparently work for The Guardian for a while when he was in London. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he used to enjoy coming to the building, the Queen's head, and eat this thing called Piccadilly Pies. So... I came to have a look at it, to explore it, and the guy wasn't really running it that well. He wasn't doing food or anything. He wanted to get out of the industry. So I thought, why not? Let's buy it. Let's try and make a little bit of money off the back of, of the Todd Noy. Sort of, uh, hmm. We've had Marlon down here. Marlon's been, been down in the Queen's Head. Really? Yep. Pretty of a weird character. How often does Marlon come in? Well, sporadically, you know, it's uh, probably, say, this year he's been in about three or four times. Marlon likes to make it known who he is so he can get a little bit of attention and all that sort of stuff. When you reached out to me, you reached out to me in regards to an event you were throwing at the Queen's Head for the launch of the rediscovered book Swarmer. Yeah. Did Marlon come to that event? Yeah, he was there. He was floating around in the background. He was there, a few of the other annoying, annoying scholars as they call themselves were there so was david there yeah david was there he uh he's he's another little thorn in my side okay so swift is definitely a real person either that or it's an incredible (laughs) acting performance he could be the 
best actor and it yeah. could be one of the best performances of all time. I mean, since Robin Williams, definitely. <laughs> no one's done it since him. No one's done it since the dual role of Daniel Hillard and the mercurial Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> but no, that's a real guy. That's Robert Swift. And I mean, I, I tell you what, I can't decide. Mm. Who is a better storyteller? David... Todd Noy or Swift. They all have a wonderful way of spinning a yarn. They're reeling us in in similar ways, but also quite different ways as well. One thing we don't know, though, is how close these two really are. Mm. They've played off having a rivalry against each other, but who knows? They could be in on this together. Like, Mm. we did speak to David first. There was a time there where David could have reached out to Robert and told him what we asked him and that sort of thing. What do you think? Well, can we actually hold a few more cards than they think we have? That's true. That they wrote a freaking book about virtual realities together. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the David interview and see how this rivalry develops. So you and Swift, you don't like each other. I don't want to be mean about, he's all right, he's all right. I find it hard to dislike any Noi fan, but do I like his company? When we're on at conventions and things like that, I think he's a very arrogant person, and um, it it doesn't wash. So you and David have a troubled relationship. Yeah, he's he's, he's someone who also. I mean, after I wrote that review, uh, I did get a bit of a backlash from the Noi community because there is this sort of thing where you're not supposed to put anything online, or you're not supposed to really advertise it. Dave's one of those characters who doesn't like the fact that he sees me as cashing in on Todd Noy's work. I always like to wind Dave up that we found like a piece of uh, a piece of wallpaper that had a bit of uh, alabaster wars on it and I, I wind him up that we've we've got that in our safe. <laughs> That's not true. Swift did reach out to me. Swift Swift re- reached out here. Swift did reach out to me. I've spoke I told him about this. So just be careful because there's people out there that will not they'll they'll say things about these works that that just aren't aren't right hmm. make him prove it um i don't you but know how can I, we make probably, him prove it how can we even make you know you prove it I, I don't know i just i don't think he's the i don't think his research has got the integrity of mine i just don't trust him What's David like in real life? Because we've only really known him through online and through interviewing him. He's, he's an insanely passionate man. And, you know, whatever he's involved in at the time, he's like completely passionate about it. If you're talking to him about Todd Noy or you're talking to him about shuffleboarding or something like that, he's a great guy to be around. But if, you know, you try and go off topic or you say something that he disagrees with. You know, you talk about the on-pass strategy at Shuffleboard. He doesn't agree with that. He gets pretty <laughs> intense. Can you please tell me what the hell shuffleboarding is? <laughs> you don't know shuffleboarding? No, we it's, don't have um, it over here in Australia. <laughs> it's like any sort of bowls game where you've got to get closest to the jack. Shuffle's a game of dexterity and ingenuity where you must slide a, a gliding like a puck along a table there's various zones at the other end of the table and whichever zone you get into that determines how many points you get if you get it as close to the edge of the table as possible you get four points a perfect four is what it's referred to in the sports and swift started you know he's good at a perfect four and we play a bit you know 
I knew Dave before he knew me because we were both in the shuffleboard circuit and I was just starting out in the leagues and he was quite <laughs> high up. I'd never really spoken to him. Uh, I played mm-hmm. against him a couple of times and then at one of the, the Noi events, uh, got went there and, and he actually came up and spoke to me. He said he'd, he'd uh, recognised me from the shuffleboarding and we got chatting and we got on really well then. <laughs> Hang on, is this, <laughs> how much of a crossover is there between Noi and shuffleboarding? Uh, not much, no. Shuffleboarding's it's it's more of a German game, so it's it's developed in Germany. There's a few of us play it. There's a league in in London. Dave has been a part of it for a long time. I started <laughs> a couple of years ago. So this all feels very strange yet very fun. It's going back to that sense of play that I was talking about in my original interview with David, where. Obviously, both of us probably know a little bit more than we're letting on, but it's a game. It feels like role-playing. It feels like improvisation. Yeah, you're playing this game with them, but I'd, when did you sign up for it? When did you sign up for this game? Because <laughs> it feels like you never agreed to play the game, but you're being forced to play it. It oh, I don't, It doesn't feel like I'm being forced. It feels like... It is almost like an unspoken agreement, well, here's an the thing. unspoken if you, game. Like, the difference with a game and improv is that you agree with the people you're mm. playing with that you're about to play rather than your situation, which is two guys from the other side of the world have just started telling you that they're an author probably and you're having to go along with it. It feels odd. Does it feel weird to yeah, you? Yeah, it does feel weird, especially at this point. I mean, because we know more than than is being said in these interviews and they know that we know more that's being said in these interviews, the game is complex now. And the game is getting to that point where it's like, how long can we even play for? Well, that's the thing. How long can we keep it fun for at this point? You started tugging on a thread that no one else is tugging on. Mm-hmm. I made fun of you for it, but now we've pretty much reached the end of the thread. It's all started to unravel there's only one thing left to do, and that's to really... We've got to end the game. We've done the guide questions. Mm-hmm. We've done our flattery. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to ask them straight up, are you Todd Noy? Let's get back to our interview with David. We've been talking about how the books find you, the books find people that need them, and I think that's definitely true for me. I've said it on this podcast. I don't know if I've talked to you about it before, but when I discovered the book, it really kind of answered a lot of personal questions for me about Ivan Drago, the difficulties that I've had grappling with this character my whole life. For me, growing up as a kid whose grandparents were communist refugees, really, I, I do, it took me a lot to kind of grapple with this character. And finding this book, I, I understand something that I care about a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a lots of mythology about Todd Noy online, and I want to know more about him. Yeah, I would love to know him. So I've been trying to find everything online and searching out in the real world, and all I keep finding is more mythology, but there's no facts. It's, I've, I can relate. I've, I've had such. I've enjoyed this this journey of. You know, my research pa- is paper based. Noy's Noy is paper based. Yeah, we're not. We're talking pre. MySpace, pre-dial-up, all of these things. He sounds like the type of eccentric that we would have heard about, for sure, right? And we've we've done a fair bit of research on this podcast. We've spoken to sports journalists from Perth who would have been contemporary to Todd Noy. We've looked in the state libraries here in Australia. There are no books. We can't find any access to the yeah. Noy estate. 
online. Yeah, yeah. There is no evidence of Todd Noy no. existing, David. It's so, it's so strange. Hey, it I, is strange. I would say so far uh, all the evidence points towards you. You're the only person that... Well, I'm a very big deal in the Noy community, I'm a, and, and I am internet ready. So lots of the stuff on the internet, it probably would be things, probably to me, yeah. But I think it's such an interesting question you asked me there about, you know, why is Todd so hard to find? We can't find information about any of these people online. Elizabeth, Marlon, Quince, we can find barely anything about Noi. So far, the only people we've spoken to who know anything about them are yourself and your rival, David. Um... Which kind of leads us to the only possible explanation being that David is involved in the writing of these books. Um, what do you think about that? I don't think that sounds very credible. I mean, I've read some of Dave's Todd Noy fan fiction and it just comes nowhere near. I Okay, I had no idea that David wrote anything at all. When we spoke to him, he painted a picture of himself as someone who isn't very creative you know, works a nine-to-five, quite a timid person. I mean, this is a real revelation. You're telling us that he not only writes, but he tries to write within the world of Todd Noy. Yeah, I think I think it's a nap description of himself when he says he's not very creative because if you'd actually read it, you would see that that's, that's exactly right. It's, uh, it's just a, a, a lot of boring, long-winded, unstructured bump. Really? What about yourself? Are you a writer? Uh, no. Uh, more into the tech side of things. One of the experts we talked to is someone who's made an investigative documentary film about an author that wrote a book that was a fake memoir. And we've come to believe that Todd Noy may be a pseudonym for something. I've heard this theory before. And I've, when I see it, I think it's almost offensive to real is real and... You, you know, I'm when I read Swarmer, and I really, I, I really thought, con- consider this, consider this idea of a pseudonym of, of someone else. And then I, I, I'm reading Swarmer, I'm hearing this story. That's lived. That's a life that has lived. Mm. And then I think also, like, why would Wallace be? You know, he's probably on his own in the Neue State, just restoring these stinking pages day after day to bring this. He wouldn't be doing that to preserve. Uh, a myth or a, a lie. Uh, the man is the myth. One of the things that has led me to think that is that we've been trying to find the other books and one of the first clues that we found was Oka Dyke. You've said that it's a it lives in old tradition. It's like an Australian old story. Old Oka Dyke, yeah, good story. You said <laughs> you've heard Oka Dyke. Can you relay it to us? I don't really know exactly what it is. I've heard people say it's about a, a journey. I mean, it's one of the weakest threads we've got because there's no written versions of this story. So I've had to pick it up out on the road. I've had to earn this story. Of a guy who, who leaves his family and then goes off to find himself. Those long summer nights on Old Oak Dyke. Oh. Three brothers. Yep, three brothers. You know it. I only know it from you, but... No, they tell it in Australian carnivals. No, they especially don't. Especially out west. We had a rendition here at the pub. One night. Who said it? Uh, that was uh, someone called Steve Penn. Stephen Penn. <laughs> yeah. Any relation to Sean or Chris? <laughs> Steve's just a, another Noi fan. 
he he went over to Australia, learned it, and then you know at least once per event he'll he'll try and create a scenario where everyone shuts up and listens to him say Okadike. But when I looked up Okadike, it's a creek in Sheffield, which is where you you grew up in Yorkshire. Oh, well, that's not old Okadike, that's new Okadike, completely different. <laughs> We've got a Newcastle in the UK. Mm-hmm. We've probably got a Sydney. I've never been, but... We have a lot of oral tradition of bush poetry and, you know, songs that have lived on in oral tradition. Yeah, Okadike isn't one of them. I'm going to need to do, make some calls about this. I'm sorry I'm so hung up on this, but I'm just, I'm struggling to believe that David is not somehow involved in this. You're telling me he writes fan fiction about Todd Noy. He's the only person we know who seems to have access to the Noy estate. I feel like he must be involved in this. It's either him or you. Well, I I don't really know what you're talking about, because what do you mean by involved? I mean, Dave says a lot of crazy things he likes to pretend that he's got some sort of access to the noise state but whether he has it or not i don't know i don't really know how to respond to that because this is the first time i've really thought about it so. well we're kind of in a similar boat you know because we the more we dug into it the the less we could find that was solid about the guy until basically now when we're talking to you you seem to be possibly even more of an expert than David was, which leads us to really one question that we have to ask, Swift. Are, are you, you Todd, Todd Noy? Noy? I'm not really sure how to answer that. I mean, it's like I'm obviously not Todd Noy. Um, it's like Todd Noy existed as a man. He wrote books. It's like, but how can you prove that? not me. I don't – I've never – been asked to prove it. I, I don't know why. I don't know why the burden of proof is on me. I don't really mind if it is a pseudonym. I'm sorry if this is offensive, but it doesn't ruin the work. The work is still very well done, well written, very evocative. I think that even if this is a pseudonym or it's a collective of people writing as Todd Noy, that doesn't make it any less magic for me. Or How for would me. you feel about that? This the. I believe these are the experiences of a man. It speaks to my soul as the words that I couldn't find as a youngster. I'm reading the words of someone that's been out there and lived. He's captured it in a work. And yeah, I mean, there's a theory. Is this a group? They say the same about Shakespeare, a lesser writer. Um, <laughs> this is the work of, of a man. If you were to ask me to scrutinise it and go into detail, then I would refuse to do that because as far as I'm concerned it does exist and I'm happy living in a world where Todd Noy exists so if you think that it doesn't exist and you find out that it doesn't exist then I'd rather not know. Um, David I I must talk to you about this because I think a lot of the evidence that I have been able to find leads me to think that it is possible that you may be Todd Noy, or at least the author of Swarmer or the author of um, well, Mountains I, We Stand. I mean, I've been, I, I, I was aware that you were doing this project, and this research, and I was so excited. Uh, I, so it's a bit disappointing that you'd reach such a conclusion. Weirdly flattering. Honestly, I think but, it's very flattering uh, because I think you have a wonderful way with words. I think Todd Noy has a wonderful way with words. Swarmer moved me to tears, which, and I, I think which part of which part of Swarmer moved you to tears? 
Uh, to me, the the culmination of the whole book moved me to tears. In, in particular, when he's talking about pain, the pain that he's going oh, yeah. through, that I've because oh, I've yeah. been, you know, in the moment, been dealing with someone very close to me who's been going through an extreme amount of pain as well, mm. and that's seeing that awoke my own feelings, awoke my own my own reflective yeah. life in yeah. there. I see that. Yes, yeah, Warman's a book about pain. Hey, it is all mental, physical. It's a book about a man in pain. I mean, this is so flattering. I can't wait to tell the some of the crew, like, oh, I am Todd Noy. <laughs> Bloody hell. What about Swift? What about Swift? What, as a guy or as a suspect? Well, he didn't say that he was Todd Noy. Well. Do you think that he is? No, but I think he's the kind of guy that would say he was. Mm. When did the pub thing start with Swift? I remember him saying... Um, like it's quite some years ago that he's, if you've spoke to me, you'll know his style. He's going to buy the Noy place. First step, the Queen's Head. Next step, House of Noy. That's what he said. And there's a few other Noy fans there in and around it. Steve Penn was there. And I just thought, you don't, don't destroy what you love by, you know, trying to own it and sell it. And I, I know that's perhaps his own insecurities and his own weakness, but it has torn a wedge between us. He's a, you know, a decent guy and he's a good at shuffle. How many years have you and Dave known each other for? Uh, probably about nine or ten. What was it like in the early days? Were you close? Yeah, we were really close. We, um, so he had got this idea when virtual reality came out that we should do a business together around it because I'm, I'm quite good at the sort of nerdy programming side and he was like right let's let's push it it must have been pretty hard because um you guys had a working relationship didn't you you wrote a book together um oh you talk we've done we've collaborated it appears you've written an educational book together um we've collaborated and lots we wanted to do a shuffle guide you know teach the techniques Educational, mm. but oh, yeah. Well, I, I found something yeah. on Amazon. I put in both your real names, and there's a book that's uh, written by the pair of you that's published in 2016. What's the title? Virtual Reality in Education, Oculearning, Our Path to Reality. In reality, I know virtually nothing about this. If he's gone ahead and published that, when did it? 2016. 2016. It has we your did, name on we it. We did that. This is classic Swift going out there and trying to commercialize good thing. You know, we would virtual reality is an interesting sector. I thought that was just a little personal conquest that we had. If he's gone ahead and published it, just shows you who he is. Well, I mean, but, if he um, was going to publish it, uh, you know, for nefarious reasons, he probably would have left your name off the title. But he's got he's got your name on the title there. Yeah, that's him rubbing it in. As far as I'm concerned, it is with his full knowledge. I, I told him I was going to go ahead and publish this work, and then I went ahead and did it. And he said he wanted nothing to do with it. So that's you know that's that's where we left it, and he's, he's not been happy about it ever since. You don't have to lie to us and say that he's that he's doing this nefariously behind your back. It's fine if you're friends with with him. We don't judge you for that. Well, I feel I feel as though if I'm honest. I've just decried Swift saying, you know, how he's also commercial. And then the next thing you know, oh, guess what? We found out that you've had a commercial project. And 
Do you feel embarrassed? Yeah, I mean, you got me about our virtual reality um, pursuits. I'm a bit embarrassed about it, but that's something I did do with Swift. Um, I don't think there's any reason to be embarrassed about it, David. So yeah. would you would you be comfortable saying that you and Swift are actually friends? If he was to reach out to me and reach out his hand and say, forgive and forget, I'd shake it and say, friend, let's let's have a beer. Okay, then how about this uh, for you? Would you be comfortable in saying that you and Swift are both Todd Noy? I would say that if, to me, these books are the work of one man, and that man is Todd Noy. Um, we're technical guys. We're not literary guys. We're not literacists. I work in an administrative function just in my in my town. Yeah. Um, so I would say that Todd's one guy. That guy ain't Swift, and sad to say, ain't me. Time out for a second here. We know it's them, but they aren't breaking the game. I think that they don't know that we're at the end of the game. Yep. They think that the game is continuing or they think the game is just beginning, perhaps. It's like we're in a boxing round right now, but they're not playing by boxing rules. They're treating this like a game of goddamn shuffleboard, which <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but they've talked about it for like 15 minutes each. <laughs> but we need to focus. Yeah. Get back in the ring. We can break them. I'll tell you what I would do if I was someone who um, had invented a a persona and, you know, sold some books under a fake name online. I'd probably also own a pub and claim that that's where the guy hung out and sell pies and make a bit of cash off it. It kind of feels like that's what you're doing. That is what I get accused of all the time. And And I admit that I am, well, not cashing on something that's fake. I admit that I'm cashing in on the Noi fans out there who want to come and experience Noi. But if you feel like you're the sort of person who would do that and that's that's how you'd play things out, that's that's you. As far as I'm concerned, I, you know, I don't know why I'm being accused of all this stuff. Or... How many of these Noi fans are coming in that you can profit off them, especially if it sounds like the fan base is you, David, and like 40,000 vagrants? <laughs> Guys, you've got to come over sometime. You'd love it. You could see Ockerdyke performed live, maybe even get go and see a, a show by Helen. Great. Who's Helen? Would they, the uh, the cellist. Don't you mean Elizabeth? Elizabeth, that's it. Sorry, I get confused. Do you? Must be hard to keep track of all the names. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> quite frankly, yes, it is quite hard to keep track of all the names, like, anywhere. It's hard to keep track of things when you're... Making them up on the fly. <laughs> I would imagine it might be. Keith Holmes is a boxer, right? Yeah. See, there was a last thing I checked was this dedication because I never really thought about it to now. And I just, I hadn't heard of him, but I thought, oh, that makes sense because he's a boxer. This book is about Drago, Rocky. It's about boxing. But then Stephen Tomlin, yeah, yeah. I thought he might be a boxer as well, but I couldn't find him. Hmm. Mystery. But I did find someone called Stephen Tomlin, so on your friends list on Facebook. <coughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Steve. Oh, it's all coming back to you. So do, how do you know Stephen Tomlin? Steve. You're thinking of Steve. Stephen. Steve. Yeah. Stevie Tomlin. How do you know Stevie him? Stevie Tomlin. 
Oh, we've become great friends. I actually tried tracking him down. But you and, said um, you didn't. You hadn't heard of him, and you thought he was a boxer. Yeah, that's because I'm thinking Stephen. Oh, Steve. Steve is Steve Tomlins. But how do you know him? When I first got into Noi, I I went on this same trail. But then you just there. said you thought he was a boxer. It's different words. But we were still reading from the same book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. You're never going to admit it to us, are you? <laughs> well, I I think well, I will never get away with a good gonna story. Say. <laughs> um. I don't. I, are we still talking about the, me as Noi? You know what we're talking about. <laughs> Again, um, it's a good theory. I quite like the theory, and, and it's very flattering. But I'm no Noi. Well, there it was. That was our discussions with David and Robert. Lex, how are you feeling? Oh, I don't know. There, I don't think at any point for us there was any like magical secret combination of the exact words that we could use to bring it out of them. We tried. The best thing that's come out of this is that the listeners have been part of this investigation yeah. and journey along the way with us as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like we're alone in this need for conclusion. And the listeners have been offering their theories. Some of them have been really interesting. Some of them have been way out there and wackadoo. <laughs> Some of them have been like <laughs> counting the number of letters in the name Todd Noy. And yeah. Like, and tracking <laughs> down people that have never come across our path going like, this person's name is an anagram for Todd Noy. They live yeah, in Perth. It's been really exciting. I mean, what are the main theories out there? Well, for me, at the end of this, there are three theories theories uh-huh. left and there is one that is the likely most probable truth mm-hmm. that david is a normal person who's a little bit strange perhaps a little <laughs> kooky who wrote a piece of rocky for fan fiction about ivan drago maybe robert swift wrote it with him mm-hmm. but i do believe that david is most likely the head of todd noy sure And perhaps he didn't know that fan fiction is something that's perfectly legal. And perhaps he wrote under the pseudonym Todd Noy. Yeah, to go beyond the 84 pages and kind of create a world. If that is the truth, he's done that so successfully that I was entranced by it. You became entranced by Mm -hmm. it. And you all listening to this have also become entranced by it, which is phenomenal. Theory two, I'll call it the last possible magical option. Okay. And that is to believe that if Todd Noy is real at all, mm-hmm. that perhaps Todd Noy was a real person that didn't have the success that they wanted, but they felt they needed it. And maybe they had a son mm-hmm. called Quince <laughs> who had a very strange name that they didn't really want to live with, but they still want to honor their father. <laughs> so they changed their name to David. <laughs> And released the books there after the fact, editing them then their own way, and then playing the role of the scholar of your father's works. And that's why I thought it made some sort of sense in a kind of magical realism world out there. Yeah, okay, that's pretty special. What's theory number three? This might actually be the most plausible one as Uh well. And this is the Dolph Lundgren theory. (laughs) That Dolph Lundgren wrote Drago about as we stand because he loved the character of Drago. It went nowhere after the film, even though Sly thought about making more with him. And he wants to reinvigorate his career with this great character. (laughs) Wrote the book. Nothing happened with the book. Creed 2 happened somehow. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty pretty cool. I'd I'd love to know that if only we 
had any way of proving it, but unfortunately Dolph Lundgren refused all interviews And we us. tried freaking hard. We tried we really tried hard. hard. But where does that leave us now? Because... I guess what we've been doing is celebrating the creativity of normal people out there. From what we know, these guys, David and Robert, they're just normal guys with kind of normal ass jobs. Mm. Who out there in the world would stand on the mountain of popular culture that is Rocky IV and would write this really fascinating little character piece that humanized a villain that I had trouble understanding grappling with my entire life. They're people who enjoy stories Mm. and they're telling a story without even wanting their name on it. Mm. And that's very cool. It's generous. It's very generous. It's easy to make fun of this book when I first picked it up, but very hard to continue making fun of it. The more you read it, the more I learn about it. It's, It's just a gift. It's a gift. Thank you sincerely to everyone that supported this podcast and this silly, silly journey. And thank you, Alexi, for dragging us along. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cameron, we're back at the studio weeks later. Mm -hmm. I am coming to you with news. Okay. That's not the end. That's all I can say is that's not the end of the show. Just tell me what tell me what this is. I'm so I okay. feel so anxious. In the weeks that we finished that interview, I played my little Machiavellian game, if you will. Well, I mean, honestly, David's kept on trying to continue the discussion with me, mm-hmm. the game with me. But how can I continue the game when for me the game is over? Mm-hmm. I've said everything. I can't believe it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I went cold and then David sent me this cryptic message. To unmask the masked magician is quite a feat. I admire and respect you both. <laughs> Maybe it's not as It's cryptic. not that cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of all but saying it. He's been listening to the podcast that's been coming out. I think that what he wanted was to finally tell the the truth really yes he's willing to do that yes he's willing to go on the record so what does that mean for us there's gonna be one more we're finding Drago that was round six of finding Drago this series is produced by me Alexi Toliopoulos Presented and created by me and Cameron James. Featuring Ben Russell as the voice of Todd Noy. Our theme music is by Luca Baroni-Peters. Production and sound engineering by Bryce Halliday. Our consulting producer is Anna Bronowski. And our executive producer is Tom Wright. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app. To unmask the masked magician is quite a feat. I admire and respect you both.